0: Commander Shepard has been recovered. The Lazarus
1: Project will proceed as planned. Well.
0: Welcome to the Lazarus Project podcast. This is episode 15. Mass Effect podcast discussing its characters, lore, theory, and opinion. Podcast is recorded live in the Ploppy54 Gaming Discord server. So come join us there where you can listen to the raw, unedited version, and all the details you need to know can be found in the show notes. Uh, My name is Tim, and joining me today is Craig. Hello. And our very special guest is the content creator and podcaster, N7Kate. (laughs) Hello, happy to be here. (laughs) This episode, we're going to be talking about the state of Bioware that they posted, the future of Bioware games, Dragon Age and Mass Effect. And we're also going to have a a quick chat with uh, Kate here and find out a little bit more about her in case you don't know about her, which you should really do because you're Mass Effect fans. Uh, So, uh, yeah, no news this time. We'll, uh, We'll jump straight into it. Uh, so welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: And now, so you if you were to uh, explain who you are in a tweet, how would you do that?
1: Oh, my God. Uh, a, a ridiculously geeky girl gamer um, that's been gaming for a very long time, way back to the Commodore 64. An avid RPG fan and a Mass Effect nut. Um yeah, I love anything Mass Effect basically. Mass Effect is my my the the best game I've ever played. It is the game that the most formative game for me that sort of inspired me to become a content creator. Um and also to sort of fall in love with the medium that is video games. So yeah, I'm a huge Mass Effect and Bioware fan. Um, but I like a wide variety of games, but probably RPGs is, is likely where my heart is, for sure. Um, but I've been on YouTube now for, Jesus, 10 years? It's got to be 10 years now, uh, making content on Mass Effect, Bioware, many other games too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Commodore 64, I used to have one of those. Yeah, brilliant, my, brilliant it was my,
1: dad, my dad's first console that he bought. It took like 15 minutes to load up a game. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, that was my first experience.
0: Uh, so you say you've been on youtube for about 10 years
1: yeah about 10 years i started it when i was living in japan so i lived in japan for four years uh taught english out there and played mass effect three uh i got the, yeah like i first played mass effect when i was actually in japan because um, like i wanted to I had some friends that recommended it and I I was surrounded by Japanese. So I just wanted to like play something in English and and kind of thing. Um, And I just fell in love with it. And then I got Mass Effect 3 delivered to me. And then the, obviously the controversy of the ending and everything else, and just started to watch other people making content and chatted about it with my friends. And then people like, you should do stuff like you should (laughs) like, you know, share your thoughts on things and opinions on things. And, so, yeah, so it kind of started from there. And, like, the first review I ever did was, like, of Mass Effect. And it was the most, like, seriously raw, like, like tiny little webcam, a, like a tiny little, like, hand microphone that was kind of, like, attached to me. <laughs> like, sat on a chair with, like, posters behind me of Mass Effect. It's really embarrassing. Like, when you go back and watch, like, my first initial stuff, like, I didn't know what I was doing back then. but. I was just sort of chatting about it and talking about like why it was my favorite series and characters and story and that kind of thing, and then it just kind of, kind of went from there.
0: Fabulous. Did you... Um. So, I... uh, sorry, Kiki.
2: Um, I was just wondering because you said about having Mass Effect three delivered. Did you start with Mass Effect three then?
1: No, I started actually with Mass Effect one. I did start with Mass Effect one. Um, but I didn't play Mass Effect 1 when it first came out, when it first released. Like, I got it, um, I got 1 and 2 together. And I, well, basically, I got introduced to it first when Mass Effect 2 first came out. And I went around to a friend's house, and he was playing Mass Effect 2, like, literally had just booted up the game. And it's obviously the very beginning where Shepard dies, and he just freaked out completely freaked out and I'm like dude if a if a game can make somebody like react and respond in that way like I have to check this out so then I ended up getting myself an Xbox 360 and then I had to get an imported version of the game which came with an English soundtrack um so I started with Mass Effect 1 um didn't play any of the DLC for Mass Effect 1 I don't think um and then i ju- jumped straight into mass effect 2 so i didn't have any gap in between the two games which was absolutely amazing um and then obviously got the dlc for mass effect 2 when that came out and then was just absolutely hooked and then i got it i ordered mass effect 3 collector's edition um which got delivered by this tiny little japanese guy on a bicycle <laughs> <laughs> like just delivering really? it to my doorstep, <laughs> um, and yeah, and like just just couldn't put it down. Like absolutely, just hooked on it. But um, yeah, so no, I, I did start with Mass Effect One, um, but I was first introduced to it through Mass Effect Two. If that makes sense, yeah. So yeah, yeah.
0: Mm. which is uh, which ending you prefer?
1: Destroy. I I always go for destroy. It it's just it's my gut feeling. Um, was that that was what our purpose had always been, to destroy the Reapers, to bring an my, end to the Reapers. My and thoughts,
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: con- control was what the Elusive Man wanted, and the Elusive Man was very clearly indoctrinated at the end, so I saw that as what the Reapers actually wanted, like like a manipulation. Um, and then Synthesis just felt wrong for me because I, I didn't feel like I had the right to make such a huge evolutionary choice. <laughs> like for the galaxy. So I went Destroy. And I, I see Destroy as my canon ending. I have played all three, but Destroy is definitely the one I will always pick as my canon ending. And it's the one I choose first. Um, so, yeah.
0: So you also cover lots of other games on your YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, I do.
0: <laughs> any, any particular favorites of uh, as of late? Uh,
1: well, I'm hooked on Starfield. Um, I've played like 27 hours of it and I'm absolutely like just lost in the world. So I'm planning to do a review of it or first impressions of it. Um, I tend to like, it it depends on the mood I'm in. Like I got given a review code uh, for Immortals of Avium from EA. Um, Part of like EA has got something called um, content, like creator network, which you can apply to be a member of. Um, Oh, yeah. And they have to do, like, they check your channel and everything else. And I finally got the green light for it. So I applied for a code of that, and they gave me it on PlayStation. And um I actually really enjoyed it. Like, I actually really enjoyed it. It's like a first-person, magical combat, MCU-style, like, writing. And just, it was a nice kind of, like, palette cleanser. But I, I like, yeah, I, I've, I've been playing a lot of stuff. Like, Baldur's Gate 3, I started. I was doing a multiplayer run-through with... Uh, mother Mantis, who's another content creator so hooked on that um i don't seem to pick really small games which is a problem <laughs> when you're a content <laughs> creator because I, I tend to pick like really huge massive games like i was playing like final fantasy 16 which i was absolutely loving and i'm like 80 percent through it but i had to put it down to like that starfield <laughs> so <laughs> i'll go back to it i'm sure at some point how um, long did
0: you wait for that creator network to come through
1: uh I did it. Well, I I only heard about it 2 months ago. Oh wow. Um and um I know it's been going longer, but uh, I I I put um I I've started to kind of reach out to some uh developers, like you know for games I'm kind of interested in in covering. Yeah. Um and like the uh, the guys at Ascendant Studios were like, "Okay, like if you that's cool. Like if you want to apply for a code, like you have to go through this." And they're the ones that told me about the uh, the content like creator network. Uh, I can share it with you if you want.
0: No, I've, um, I've, I've been waiting for about a year and a half.
1: <laughs> I have you? Oh my god! Well, I sent I sent a tweet at them because they were like, "Oh yeah, like you know, make sure you ask for a code." I'm like, guys, like I registered two months <laughs> ago, like, and I'm still waiting. And then there was yeah. like a list of people under me that were the same. So I don't know if someone at Ascendant Studios contacted someone at ea and we're like come on guys get your act uh, maybe let's, yeah let's no, mine just says
0: pending that's it yeah that, mine said <laughs> the
1: same for two months i'm like pen like seriously um but it also might be because i have a lot of like bioware content like i have a lot of like mass effect videos and lore videos and
0: yeah you also cover um, a lot of the games as well don't you so
1: yeah so you know, maybe just, yeah maybe you're... that's why yeah. um but yeah, like so, I, I probably will end up buying like anything by where I tend to buy anyway, just to support the studio. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, like uh, that—that's where I'm at at the moment. But yeah, it's just not enough time in the day, True. <laughs> like at all. And I work as well, so <laughs> it's balancing that in between everything else and real life. But you know, I can't complain. I do enjoy what I do.
0: And on top of all that, you've uh, you've started your own podcast now as well, haven't you?
1: Yes, yes. Actually, uh, really good actually. Yeah, I've been doing it for well, since January. So, we've done seven podcasts so far. Um we do it kind of on a, on a monthly basis. Um and we sort of have a, like a nice kind of like little what's new section where we'll talk about like what we what we're playing at the moment or watching or reading or whatever. Um then we do like a news feature kind of what you do talk about our opinions and thoughts on it um and then um I've got like a quite a long list of like community questions like questions from the community and I want to make sure I get around to answering them so we always answer them as part of it but it's going really well like the reception has been really great and um it's been really really fun um but I want to get more guest speakers on like I'd like to get more guest speakers and I do actually want to um ask you Tim um I want to get I do a Mass Effect special podcast in November. All right. So I might see if I can organize something with you, with Mother Mantis, and see if I can get anybody else on board.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: to maybe do like a specific Mass Effect themed one. I've already taken a few questions from the community, um, but I'm not sure yet how we're going to structure it. But maybe that could be something to do in November because N7, right? <laughs> N7, N7 of course, day. Yeah. <laughs> so it uh, might be good. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I'm enjoying people- it. It's fun.
0: Sorry for the people listening. What uh, what's your podcast called?
1: <laughs> it's called the Normandine Newsfeed. There you go. So <laughs> make sure was, you check that yeah. out
0: Thank uh, you. and subscribe to that as well.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's fun. It's a nice. It's it's a really fun like type of content to create, you know, and you get more natural kind of discussions and. I like discussing games and debating things and talking about things and hearing other opinions, so it's it's a fun way to do that. Sometimes it's it's boring to always hear my opinion and no one else's, right? So <laughs> <laughs> It's good.
0: That's why I try to get uh, Craig to do most of the talking on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of August, BioWare released a statement, and
2: mm-hmm.
0: they got rid of... 50 employees, they made them redundant. Some of them were offered to uh, reapply for other jobs uh, within uh, EA or Bioware itself, not necessarily on the jobs that they were doing. A couple of the biggest names went uh, the character creator of Barrick, mm-hmm. Mary. Mary Kirby. That's it. Mary Kirby, thank you. <laughs> uh, she went and one of the ten, Chris, Chris
1: Christofian? Lucas Chris Jansen. That's the one.
0: <laughs> um, he was another big name. Yeah, he's uh, one, been at he, the
1: studio since Baldur's Gate One.
0: Yeah, didn't he write Baldur's Gate One?
1: Yeah, he's been there for like 26 years at the studio. That's crazy. Yes, mad.
0: Imagine his um, his severance package would have been
1: oh, well, quite yeah. substantial.
0: Uh-uh. 26 years. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, then I also saw on I think it was Game Rant uh, website that Dragon Age is going to be delayed, mm-hmm. which you would have thought maybe they need fifty people more to get it out on time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, and so this is really what. What are your um, what are your opinions on? what Bioware are doing. They're saying they're going to concentrate now just on Dragon Age and Mass Effect. They got rid of uh, the Old Republic. They passed it on to another studio. Yeah. Um, so that's it's downsized them from there. And it, it goes on. There'll be a link in the, the show notes if you want to read the, the statement in full. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll start with our guest. Uh, Kate, what, what do you think is happening with Bioware?
1: personally I've always I've been a bit worried about Bioware for a few years to to be fair um people leaving the studio is has not been a new thing you know um really since 2018 um when Drew Capition left we've had some quite seasoned people leave the studio but to lose 50 um people is quite a significant number I mean that's like like I think Bioware has like a development studio of maybe three hundred plus people, so that's like twenty percent when you think about it percentage that's twenty percent of their staff and a lot of the staff are Edmonton are from the Edmonton team, which is kind of like the old bioware, like you know the o g bioware kind of thing yeah um so yeah, it, it, it was is a
0: separate team that did Andromeda wasn't it, it that's was, um... right
1: yeah, it was um was it Montreal Bioware Montreal. Uh, was it? And then right, yeah. uh, they got they then got um, moved into EA Motif, I think. Right after the the yeah, failure the, of Andromeda, they got like just merged, got didn't it? And it did. Merged. It merged into another studio. So I think I think Edmonton is the only actual Bioware team. I think at the moment. Um, but yeah, like reading the article, like it was just it's corporate. It's just corporate spiel. It's just full of you know, kind of false nothings. You know what I mean? Like, talking about we're doing this to, like, focus the team and, you know, and and, um, their commitment, obviously, to Dragon Age and, obviously, to the next Mass Effect and that kind of thing Uh, and sort of trying to reassure people, I guess, that that these layoffs are are not going to have an impact on the quality of those games, but I don't see how they can. not Like, losing 50 staff is very significant but then it's even more significant and confusing when they're not just laying off staff they're laying off veteran staff this is staff that have experience this is staff and a lot of them are writers as well like mary kirby obviously has been there since 2006 she's worked on all three dragon age games well, you know, Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age 2, and obviously Inquisition, and also on Dreadwolf. She's the creator of some of my favorite characters in Varric, who's just amazing, and Vivian as well. Um, It's concerning, you know, uh, especially when, you know, obviously... BioWare released, I, I don't think Mass Effect Andromeda was as bad as everybody made out, right? It had an unfortunate launch for sure, and it had some bugs and it had some issues, but I don't think it was as bad as people made out. However, Anthem really was and lacked that creative vision and, and lacked that, it just didn't feel very BioWare. And my worry is, is if they start to lose these veteran people, that they are going to lose that creative blood. They're going to lose that experience, to steer the ship and we we always say you know Bioware but we forget that it's a team like the people that made Mass Effect and that made Dragon Age they are a team of people and every member of that team plays a crucial part in developing that game and my heart absolutely breaks for the people that have worked there at the studio for so long and I I don't know if it's just a cynical part of me but I feel that this was more of a financial decision on EA because obviously these more veteran, experienced team members would have probably been on a higher salary.
0: Oh, yeah, Um, definitely.
1: So I wonder, I I don't see how you would make a choice to lay off some of your best staff when you're right in the middle of the development of Dragon Age Dreadwolf and you should be upping the ante with that game to get that game out and then moving into the next Mass Effect. It, It just seems like such a confusing decision unless it is just purely motivated by like profit margins and money that, that, that's my view on it anyway so I am worried I'm not gonna lie I am concerned um and I do really think a lot's riding on Dreadwolf. Wolf I really do um yeah I, I, I I'm I'm hoping we get some kind of insight look into what the hell is going on <laughs> in Bioware maybe maybe Jason Schreier can do his magic like he did for Andromeda um but yeah yeah but that's generally my take on it um yeah what about you Craig
0: what um what's your initial thoughts on on the post
1: Um,
2: well I mean just just like everyone else I mean it's it's like it's it's shocking and it was it was it was I I don't think there's any way you can really read that and think that it's a positive thing. Uh-huh. I was actually gonna ask before you said about the financial side, um, if you thought it was a financial decision. And yeah, to be to be fair, there's not really anything else it could be. Mm-hmm. Um unless maybe it was something to do with well, I would say that maybe it's something to do with people disagreeing with the vision of what the story was going to be, but a lot of the developers who were tweeting about it seemed quite surprised, so: Yeah, I, yeah I, I don't know if that would really be the case.: I can only imagine it was it was a knock-on effect from something. Because EA is the developer, isn't it? EA is the ones that give them the money.
1: To... EA is the publisher, yeah, and, and this yeah. is part of EA's overarching. Because I think I think um, Andrew Wilson, I don't know if it was March or beginning of the financial year, did already announce that EA were making, I think six percent cutbacks and and uh, redundancies yeah. and firings, six uh, percent over their of their all overarching, um, and obviously that's filtered down to Bioware, you know, that are losing. Yeah. of their staff so this is definitely coming from EA this decision is definitely from EA I can't I can't imagine that the buyer the people at Bioware would be like yeah sure let's cut our staff no problem you know what I mean so I definitely think this is coming from EA for sure and that's the problem when you're beholden to a publisher
2: Mm. but are you saying then that other other developers under under EA other studios are you saying they've had to make cutbacks as well
1: yeah I think there are other students that have ha- other studios that have had to make cutbacks but I don't think to the extent that Bioware have had to and I'm wondering if that is to do with performance and like you know you look at um Respawn right that made the uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor and you know Jedi Fallen Order Jedi Survivor those mm-hmm. games have been very well received and done very very well. So I doubt they've had as much cut, maybe, but I don't know. But I, I, I do know. I think, I think there's other studios. I'm not sure. I might Google and see if, if I can find that out. But um, yeah, I think it was six percent. I think Andrew Wilson was saying.
0: So they're, they're not just because it's got Bioware on the name that they're, they're not one to. That's not going to save them if they want no. clo- to. The want to close them. They're going to close them.
1: Yep. Yeah. That's it. I mean, it didn't. It didn't with the Dead Space. You know, yeah. the, the guys that made the original Dead Space, what were they called? I forget their name. <laughs> that's Vis- really bad. Visceral. That's it, visceral. Oh god, that's shocking. Um <laughs> yeah, they got closed down. Right? And um no yeah. Oh god. I just I, yeah. I'm so nervous because like, you know, Bioware I just I've always loved that studio, but I've got to remember it's not just the studio, it's the people that make the game. Yeah. You know, it's not the name, you know. Um I think it
2: does kind of. I think the the studio's clearly been going down this route for a long time, though. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's 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 this isn't necessarily something that's just. I mean, obviously, it's came out of nowhere, but I feel like they've kind of always been going in this direction. Well, not always, but since like, I want. I don't want to say since Andromeda's release, but I feel like. That was a stepping stone that eventually led to what where we are right now.
0: Uh-huh. Like... I think it was even further back than that. I think it was Mass Effect Three, really, because um, you kind of you can see that the game was rushed towards the end.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which you know, if if, if BioWare were self-publishing, bit like um, you know Witcher Three and that, they they took as long as they needed. Obviously, can't say anything about Cyberpunk because uh, <laughs> they wanted well, they that
1: took out. A, they took a long time with Cyberpunk, like like when the development cycle, when they announced it to when it came out, it was a long time, I think. Um, but Mass Effect 2 came out in 2010. Uh, Mass Effect 1 came out in, hold on. Oh, no, it's going to be legendary edition. Come off of it. 2007. Okay, 2007 so that's 3 year development cycle between mass effect 1 and you know mass effect yeah. 2 mass effect um, 3 was... and then mass effect 3 came out in 2012 yeah. in march so that's like 2 years yeah you know and it, it mass effect 3 was a huge huge endeavor like all the storylines that they had to pull together and all the choices that you made in 1 and 2 having culmination in 3 like to to produce the level of quality that they did produce in 2 years I still think is absolutely incredible and my West. heart breaks that they weren't given longer and what could have happened you know had they been given longer
0: that I mean that um, what they can do is absolutely fantastic because if you think about um, Andromeda mm-hmm. that game was actually only made in 18 months
1: yeah yeah they
0: had something like 5 years development but because it was not it was so mismanaged
1: mhm they it was in pre-production for absolutely yeah. ages, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, uh, he said, look, enough's enough. We need some yeah. some money yeah. back on our investment.
1: Yeah, and you yeah. can kind of understand that. I mean, I suppose with Mass Effect 3, like they didn't really have to do that much pre-production. I mean, I suppose they did build some new engines and things, like the combat system changed quite significantly um, in 3 compared to 2, though it wasn't as big a jump as it was from two from 1 to 2, you know? but I suppose they didn't have to like completely create the world from scratch. Although they didn't have to do that technically with Andromeda, but by choosing to go to a new galaxy, they kind of forced themselves into that situation, didn't they?
0: And they... Yeah, EA um, demanded they use the Frostbite engine as well, which they, they had no it idea. It sucks,
1: and I don't know why. I'm glad they're not doing that for the next Mass Effect. <laughs> I'm so glad that the next Mass Effect is on Unreal Engine 5, I think it's going to be.
0: You still think when, we're gonna get another Mass Effect?
1: Yeah, I'm hopeful. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, it'll get made. It'll get made. If it doesn't get made under EA, then the if people still want to make it, I mean, the, there have been studios that have successfully done projects through Kickstarter, through early access. Right? Who knows? Maybe a new, a new development studio will form from it right
2: I, I do well, want... all the
1: problem that they might have is that EA have the rights to Mass Effect that's the problem right do they do EA have the rights
0: they will do yeah
1: yeah okay they can't do that then god damn it <laughs> this is one thing I want them to get away from EA honestly <laughs> like,
0: I, I, do, I, do,
2: I do think there's an important question there though like do you think where Bioware is now is a product of ea or a product of bioware
1: i think it's a little bit of both you know i think obviously there has been some definite influence from ea um in terms of ea following you know trends and games as a service and forcing certain things like you know on onto games like forcing multiplayer you know into like they did with mass effect 3 which actually worked in their favor then they forced multiplayer, I think, into Inquisition, didn't they? Um, and then obviously we got Anthem. Um, so I think part of the pressure does come from publishers, but Jason Shire's deep dive reports also showed that, that that Bioware's not completely not to blame, you know, in in everything that's going on. Um, and making video games is a complicated process, and you need to have a very clear vision, and you need to have departments that are communicating clearly. And it seemed like it didn't have that, right, with, like, Anthem, you know, like, even when they showed the footage, like, the gameplay, you know, reveal that they did, and, like, people working and going, that's our game? Like, we're (laughs) working on that? Like, that is bad, you know? You've got your own team going, like, we're making that game. All right, okay, and it's got to come out in, what, 18 months? You're kidding me, you know? So, yeah, I, I think... I think a lot of the problem is it it has been mismanaged, but you don't know how much of that is like their fear of how much freedom do they have? Because you have studios like Respawn that have been given quite a lot of freedom, like to make really good single player experience in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. So, and that's worked. So I don't understand why it wouldn't work for Bioware. If that, you know what I mean? It's, it seems like EA have, they've had some good, Releases like in their um, EA Originals program, right? Like uh, a Way oh, yeah. Out and and It Takes Two, which was my game of year when when that came out. Um,
2: that's, that's the thing as well, though. It does it does seem like EA's sort of turned turned I mean, a corner. Yeah, yeah, kind of turned a corner, and and then mm-hmm. just kind of because because you can make the argument that all of this started with the crunch time of Mass Effect Three and yeah. kind of led to maybe Bioware losing its enthusiasm with it for itself and everything. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, as, as, as you're kind of sort of elo- eloquently saying, EA's changed.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: really isn't Bioware really all that's to, to blame, really? But it depends on if you really want to trace it back to, to crunch time and sort of them losing their own enthusiasm for what they do. But yeah. in, if you're going to make that case, then why did Casey Hudson come back? and then leave again you know
1: yeah and say so, same with mark dara now he's come back on as a consultant hasn't he on uh mm. on um you know dragon age Dreadwolf. so i am reassured to know that he is there you know what i mean kind of mm. kind of consulting on it i don't know whether he's leading i don't think he's leading it but certainly consulting on it um, he until he gets yeah. laid yeah. off yes <laughs> yeah um, it's it's you know without knowing what's going on behind this is, and the, the the more concern I have is that we have we have not seen anything, we haven't seen anything concrete really of of the game, right? Um, I, and I am very much of a belief like don't overshare, like don't show too much. I think that's a mistake because video games are iterative, and what you may show at one point may not actually end up in the game, and you just you're going to leave yourself like vulnerable um to consumers and you know and sort of saying you're mis mismarketing or miss selling the product i think cyberpunk had that problem you know and and cd project red had that problem they overshed but not showing anything is also very bad and it doesn't instill much confidence right so i really do think that like bio any I don't need anything on the next Mass Effect because that is years and years and years away, right? Like they're just focusing on Dragon Age at the moment. But also, this Dragon Age, like if 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 it is to do with Solus, right? Mm. That's like, is that like a direct sequel then to Inquisition? Because they've never really done that in Dragon Age. They've always been self-contained. They've always been in the world and in the lore, and there are some repeat characters that appear but there's never been like a direct sequel like Mass Effect was.
0: That's so no, true.
1: So I'm very curious as to what it is. Like, is it a sequel? Is it self-contained? Like, we don't know anything. And obviously we're assuming that the Dread Wolf is soulless, you know, because of Inquisition. And obviously, is it the Trespasser DLC, you know? They did um, release
2: that sort of information video where they talked about Solus, side. Like, I think they've kind of made it clear that it's confirmed. A it is so yeah. yeah,
1: and and we've seen him in the 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 teaser trailers, haven't we? Yeah,
2: yeah, um, that's I think I'm
1: yeah. In. So so, but I'm I'm fascinated by that because that's one of the things why I think Mass Effect is so special because it is a trilogy because it does tell a continuous story, right?
2: Yeah,
1: I yeah. liked that about Mass Effect, so I was kind of excited at that prospect for Dragon Age: Dreadwolf, but we definitely need to see something like, and I, I hope it. It will be good. I mean, obviously they've changed approach it a few times, right? So how mm. long has it been in pre-production? If it's changed direction quite a few times? And the, that's why I'm so heartbroken by these, these layoffs because quite a lot of them are, are key writers, and, and it feels like they're not paying respect to their writing team. And that for me, is the most important it's not like there are other important parts of development, don't get me wrong. but if your writing is not good, if your story, your characters, your lore are not good, people are not going to play it, right? Like, it's Mm. Bioware. It's an RPG, right? Like, that's what Bioware's known for. So the fact that they've laid off some of their best writers who really know their stuff and know their lore, Mm. that worries me, you know?
2: in in that respect, it kind of, like you say, it can't just be Bioware. I mean, (laughs) yeah, EA laying people off and then laying off those people, it kind of screams... Because I don't yeah. think Bioware would choose choose to lay off people like pe- people of that caliber.
1: Yeah, not not you not you don't usually see layoffs like just before you know a big game is supposed to release. It usually happens when like they're develop they're making like pre production making games, and then the publisher pulls it out and says we're canceling that, right? And then they have to make layoffs because they can't continue to pay these people to develop something that isn't got funding behind it anymore, right? Or a game is released and it, it performs really poorly and they don't re, re, like, re, recoup their costs and then they have to lay off people. So to lay off people right now, like before, like when they're really at the most important crunch time for like Treadwolf, I just, I, mean, I can't understand it. It's crazy.
2: I mean, in terms of writing, I think Dreadwolf is already far enough along that it won't be too badly impacted.
1: Yeah, I think. I think more it'll impact the next Mass Effect. That's yeah. what I think. Um, and obviously, you know, I mean, Mass, like Mac Walters left, didn't he, in um, beginning of this year, in January? He's gone. Yeah. Um, and he was pretty key, um, especially Mass Effect two and three. I think. I don't know. I mean, obviously it's being, being led by um, Mike Gamble. So he's been there for a long time. Right. And Mike, Mike Gamble knows his stuff. So, but, but again, it's not one person, (laughs) you know, that, that makes the difference. It's not one person that makes that game or develops that game or comes up with the creative ideas. It's a team of people. Mm. So you you need a good team around you, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and because it's a big studio as well. I think that is harder. The more people, I can I can get what they're saying about sort of, um, you know, like streamlining to a degree. Because the larger that your staff is, the more complex it is to have to, like, communicate and have those channels of communication and coordinate between big teams of people. Because people have their own individual creative ideas, right? Mm. So some in some ways like i was watching a documentary on hades on the people that made hades and it's like a team of 20 people it was like a documentary done by noclip it was really good it's like a five-parter that just goes deep dive into the early access and how that game got made it's really fascinating i recommend you watch it if you haven't seen it it's on youtube and um that was just a team of 20 people but every member of that team was so crucially important and did like we're reliant on each other you know and and Mm -hmm. so like I'm fascinated by video game development like I'm absolutely fascinated by it I've always been kind of interested in it um so but I don't I don't like the fact that so many people have lost their jobs like I don't think that's right I I, I think 300 staff is a is a good number because you look at like Larian that made Baldur's Gate 3 right and that's a pretty big team of very experienced developers. They've been together for a long time. They know each other. They know how they all work, right? They work well together. They know what they're good at and they're good at making them. But then you have massive development studios like what Ubisoft, like, employs and it's just too many people, like, and yeah. therefore all their games are just generic because they're just not all of them. But you know what I mean? They all have, like, this core cool kind of, like, everything feels samey for Ubisoft for me because yeah. it's just too many too many hands too many people not enough direction not enough creative vision to differentiate for me that, so. is a,
2: that is a really interesting point though like there are there are some there there is a big difference between like larian studios and ubisoft they're two very opposite sides of the spectrum in terms yeah. of how you develop games mm-hmm. but like the big difference i think between like larian studios for example and Bioware is Bioware is just working with established IP now and they've got the pressure Uh, of people I mean, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Baldur's Gate was already an established IP, but not as, I don't think as um, Not for a
1: long time as well Like the last time we had a Baldur's Gate game was like, Jesus, when when did Baldur's Gate 2 come out? Like 2000 2000 2000, Baldur's Gate 2 came out, so it's been like 23 years since the last baldurs gate game so long so
2: time I, I mean i i just feel like the spotlight and the pressure i think is a lot more on on bioware to get their games out and then, i mean
1: yeah. there's a
2: whole other question as well about when the next dragon age comes out if it's a direct sequel is that even necessarily a good idea at this point because when did when did inquisition come out
0: uh, i mean how yeah. how long's it been and yeah. 2018 was it i don't know was it Let's have a look. 20... Google. No, that earlier, well, no, it was earlier, actually. 2014.
1: 2014. 2014. Yeah. So, Jesus. So yeah. next year is 10 years since the last Dragon Age game came out.
2: And I'm, I know, like, Dragon Age fans and Mass Effect fans, like, it, they are they have to be very patient to still be holding on to whatever, whenever the next installment's coming out. Mm-hmm. But, like... Especially if you're looking at, like, newcomers, though, because you've got to consider that as well. Like, Dragon Age Inquisition worked brilliantly because, yeah. like you said, Kate, they're kind of self-contained stories. Mm-hmm. This next one's connected to Inquisition and any newcomers expected to have played a have game that played came out it. 10 years ago. And,
1: and played the DLC because the DLC is pretty crucial when it comes to the Dread Wolf, when it comes to Solus. I think it's the Trespasser um, I'm going I'm to
2: press my mouth, my mouth up to the mic when I say, "Tim, you need to play Trespasser." You
1: have to. It is really key for the law. I am going to have to make a story so far video for Inquisition. I did one for Dragon Age One and Dragon Age Two. I'm going to have to make one for Dragon Age Inquisition and the <laughs> DLC. Um, I mean, but,
0: to be fair, yeah. Inquisition might it, it might follow the same suit as Inquisition because if you. If you didn't play Dragon Age 2, you wouldn't know who Corypheus is, but they mm-hmm. still explain it. But Corypheus does actually appear in Dragon Age 2. So although Inquisition is not a direct sequel, it, it has that th- through thread, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. So, again, there's,
2: there's, there's not a complex history with Corypheus, though. He was just a guy who turned up in, and you fought him and he came back. You didn't really know too much about him, did you?
1: Yeah, and, and then it's also understanding the character relationships, right? Like, because Varic is going to be in the next one, hundred percent. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Cassandra, right? I wouldn't be, su- I wouldn't be surprised if we do have some returning characters, and they obviously have history, right, with Solus yeah. and, and, I, I, and I, I the Dreadwolves.
2: So. I need to see my Inquisitor. I don't care if there's a new protagonist. <laughs> I need to see my Inquisitor. Maybe they my...
1: I was disappointed we never got to see our Grey Warden, like really, in, in Dragon Age Inquisition. But we got to see like uh um Hawk, didn't we? Which is really cool. Yeah. Um I love that, yeah. So I, I yeah, that would be cool. But obviously, like yeah, like and then you've got to factor in console hardware, right? Because if you played it on PlayStation 4, I suppose, so would that save transfer across to PS5, maybe?
2: They would would probably use the keep, though, wouldn't they? Maybe
1: use the keep, yeah, like they did, but I mean, like, for your character design, your character look, you know, if you wanted your character to look the same, as oh God! They did, yeah, you know what I, I mean. I don't want to so, do the same
2: thing we did with Hawk. You know, we have to design them from scratch again. Yeah, 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 yeah. First, <laughs> it's it's hard
1: enough designing my character just for my character. Like I had to do it three times in Dragon Age Inquisition because I, I couldn't settle <laughs> like at all. So like I played through the beginning prologue of Inquisition like three times <laughs> before I actually settled on the on my Inquisitor. <laughs> Ridiculous! But it it also Hawk.
0: ruined the surprise as well, didn't it? it's like yeah 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 yeah
1: true very true yeah 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 because you kind of knew it was going to be in it yeah that's
0: true Uh, the way what they really should have done is is had them wearing a mask or something and then going hawk and then then giving you the option to recreate the hawk so when they take off the mask or something it's your character that you've just designed maybe rather than going into a menu designing your hawk and then 10 minutes later they appear in the story it's like yeah kind of well the, yeah. the way the way they revealed hawk in that
2: scene though they kind of hand up from hawk's feet i think so mm. i was just kind of under the impression that they had planned to import it but then later on realized how big of an undertaking it was or something
1: mm-hmm. i'm really curious as well with the development because because like you know developers play games right and when you get key games that come out right and then they're like oh god we need to It's going to be compared to this game or to that game, right? So you know that the next Dragon Age is going to unfairly get compared to Baldur's Gate 3 and is never going to be able to live up to it. It I mean, that game was in early access for three years, you know? It's a fine-polished, fine-tuned, you know, product. And it is the product of three years of community feedback and community, like, communication, right? You can't compete with that. Like, that's impossible. Um, but you know, it's a fantasy RPG, right? It's going to get compared. And you know that the next Mass Effect is going to get compared to Starfield. You, you there's, just, there's
2: also, I mean, do, you we know? Know how, do we know how long it took to make Baldur's Gate, though, as well?
1: Um, it was in early access for three years. And then before that, I'm not sure.
2: Because if Bioware has had longer than Baldur's Gate 3, then it's kind of fair to compare them. Do
1: you know? Yeah, but also the way in which that game was developed, like is is like early access is like it's such a different way of developing a game because in a way, like, the community are technically funding it, right? Because they're they're paying for the game up front. So Larian didn't have to worry about where that money was coming from, right, from a publisher or owing to a publisher or, or, or being accountable to a publisher. But then also they constantly iterated on it and constantly updated, updated it and constantly took feedback from the community, tweak characters, tweaks, game systems, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you're developing a game in-house, it, it, and it's just because I've, I've done a lot of reading on development and things and insight on what you know, developers are saying, but it's quite, you become quite insular like, to your game, and, and, and sometimes you lose sight of things. Um, so then when your game comes out and people are like, why didn't you put that in or why didn't you put that in? It's because you've become quite, like, you know, you just focus on that game, you know, for the, however many years you've been developing it, but you don't know how people are going to respond to it. Hmm. But you do get that with early access. So I'm going to do a video. I'm so fascinated by early access. I'm actually going to do a video on the ethics of early access because I think it's really interesting, like, um direction (laughs) like for the industry um so i want to do a video on it but um yeah i don't know it's tricky (laughs) but you know they're going to get compared or or compared to the witcher 3 right like like you know but i don't want that I, i don't want that like i am tired of open world games with no real purpose or reason for that open world like I'm tired of bloat writing games and I, I like games that I'm starting to realize I like games that are more focused and tell good stories and have good characters and have good will building and have purpose to everything um, which you had with the original trilogy um, I want them to go back to that uh, I, you know I, I, mean,
2: I didn't you know Mass Mas- Effect 1 wasn't entirely focused though like Mass Effect One was had a little bit of,
1: yeah, like, they da- they dab and... they dabbled, <laughs> they dabbled, yeah. Didn't they? yeah, they bless them with the Mako, um, they definitely dabbled in it. It's funny because you see things in Starfield now, you're like, oh yeah, they did that in Mass Effect One, like you know with the planetary exploration and points of interest and stuff like that. It's funny you can clearly yeah. see that like even even Bethesda <laughs> might have been influenced by things that have come before, but oh, yeah. um. I think yeah, it's just uh, even when you're making a game, like you know, you know that in a few years' time, like there're going to be so many games where like open world exploration is going to be like what it was in Elden Ring, like where you don't have any waypoints and you just discover things organically, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's interesting, but I'm I'm I really do want to see what they've got, what's coming, because I do love Bioware and. and I always have done, um, and I want them to do well. I really want them to succeed, <laughs> like I really do. Um, but I'm nervous. I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, do- I, I
0: do think it. Everything really rides on Dragon Age being Jet successful. Wolf.
1: Yeah, it's not a bad franchise no. to to. I, I think you know, Bioware tried a new IP in Anthem, didn't they? It did not work. You know what I mean. So now they are going back to tried and tested and true which isn't necessarily a bad thing it's a good thing you know they know Dragon Age that world and lore is already built for them um, so they don't have to worry about all of that so hopefully they can just focus on a really good story and good gameplay right um, I enjoyed Inquisition a lot so so um, you know but it sounds like they're going more action focused which I'm also a bit like, okay, you know, I'm not really too sure about that. But because um, there was like leaked footage, wasn't there? Like a, a while back. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. What about you, Tim? Like, what's your thoughts on it?
0: Yeah, I mean, pretty much similar to what you've already said, really. Mm. Um, I, I am, I think, personally, I think that everything kind of now rides on Dragon Age being uh commercially successful. Mm-hmm. Because if it isn't, I think that's it. I think that the BioWare will be closed down. Um they've had Andromeda which yeah. didn't sell well. Uh yeah. they've mm-hmm. they've had Anthem which was a complete flop. Uh they called a little bit of, of of respect back with the legendary edition. Uh that yeah. went better than yeah. expected. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's not a new game.
1: No, yeah.
0: It's um, It's just more polished. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not going to draw in as many.
1: But the really cool thing with the Legendary Edition is it pulled in a new generation of Mass Effect fans and Bioware fans at a time when they really, really, really needed that. They needed some flesh, some flesh, some fresh blood.
2: Uh, hello everyone. I'm Mac Walters, and you're listening to the Lazarus Project podcast.
1: because I was I streamed you know the entirety of legendary edition. It was it was awesome. It was amazing to like like you know have like people watching and and so many people in the chat were like, "I have never played this before. like I've just started the game and I'm at this point and oh my God, I'm in love with this world, and it's amazing, and I can't wait to play more and I was half of me was jealous because I'm like the ability to experience the trilogy for the first time again, that must be so special, right? To have never played it and get to experience it for the first time. But also I was so excited and I was so happy for those people and also excited for Bioware because I was like, this is fab because this is going to pull in a new generation of people that are going to be invested in the next Mass Effect and that are likely to put money down and buy that game, right? And are attached to that world and those characters. I almost feel that ea should have done the same with dragon age like remastered it re-released the trilogy, like the first but well, maybe not the first three but maybe one and two at least or put it together as a package right yeah. like polished and refined to to because to re- it's been a long time like we said nearly 10 years since dragon age inquisition people have unless you're a hardcore fan there are many other games out there to compete with now, and many is, people yeah. might have forgotten about it, right? And be like, oh Dragon Age, oh yeah, I forgot that's like really old series kind of thing. Um, so many new new gamers and new generation of gamers may well never have played Dragon Age Origins, which is the, the Dragon best Age one. Legendary
0: Edition would be would go down really well.
1: I think so. Um and I just think that might be the boost of interest that they need. Possibly, or some funding yeah, behind I, them. You know, I,
2: I do think if you're gonna, because I I feel like Dragon Age Origins is one of those ones that looks so dated, and it kind of oh,
1: so I, good though. You, have you played Origins, Craig?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, I have. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm I'm just I'm just saying that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't mind the graphics myself, but I'm just saying if you compare it to that whole fiasco with the with the GTA um, remastered trilogy. <laughs> and, and, and just yeah. how disastrous that was i yeah. feel like origins is one of those games that if you remaster it will it just will either look funky or it won't be worth like the price of whatever it will be yeah so i think they should just go all out and remake it if they're going to touch it huh
1: right well and, you know it's not like ea haven't funded remakes they did the dead space this year didn't they which did very well
2: yeah because oh. i like even though Origins' release, I think, was quite close to Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 1 doesn't seem to look...
1: Dated, look, as dated. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Does I think not, may, maybe there was the concern as well that, that whether or not people would engage with the gameplay, but, you know, like with the the, the more tactical nature of it, right, and the more top-down kind of, like almost turn-based sort of style of it, even though it's not turn-based, you know, it's obviously action. But I think the new Baldur's Gate has clearly shown that you bring a good story, good characters, good world, people will play, you know, the game or whatever. And so, because even with Mass Effect, they made it more more mm, casual gamer friendly. That's a horrible term. I hate that term. But, you know, they made it more mainstream you know
2: ck i'm I'm not sure i believe you are you saying that when people make good games people will play them exactly
1: <laughs> yeah. if you make good games people will appear people will follow wow. <laughs> it's true <Yeah. laughs> we've been saying it for years but ea haven't been listening
2: ubisoft um, take some notes
1: exactly exactly we'll see with ubisoft my my everything's riding i think on star wars outlaws um which that i'm, I'm awesome. interested in that looks good yeah. that game so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that the idea of being able to play like a scoundrel right that's that's the fantasy i'm living right now in starfield right yeah. <laughs> but uh the yeah it looks cool and i like star wars so so i'm very much looking forward to that but um we will see
2: yeah cool it's just we've already got starfield though that's that's my own
1: no i know right and, and and that's funny because like i think for me like mass effect always had that kind of like monopoly on space and sci-fi right and Mm. and and you know a good a good sci-fi game right yeah there wasn't much of that out there at the time right Mm. um so it was very kind of unique and original and really exciting and really cool the idea of being able to explore planets and go out into space and meet different alien races and romance different alien races from mass effect 2 onwards um so, yeah, like, but now it doesn't have that, you know what I mean? There are other IPs in that genre, right? That, mm. that are flexing their muscles, so to speak. So, yeah. you know, I hope they're paying attention to what is going on out there and they are looking at other games and what other development studios are doing and maybe taking ideas to add to their own ideas. I don't know. But I, I just do think they have to evolve in some way as well. Not totally change it, because the core of what there is amazing and great. But I do think they need to evolve it in some way.
2: I, I, I was wondering what you guys thought about, or if you hadn't. I mean, I don't want to try and take take over, Tim. I just want <laughs> No, no, go for it. <laughs> um, I was wondering what you guys thought of um, the Humanoid Studios project and what um, Casey Hudson's working on.
1: I haven't heard of that. What's that? Is that the new IP that Casey Hudson's working on?
2: Yes. Well, Humanoid is the name of the studio.
1: Ah, okay.
2: I don't think he's got a name for the project.
1: Canadian good old Canada. Uh, Let's have a look. Oh, wow. I'm just looking at their website. Yeah,
2: it's yeah. clear that we're getting another sci-fi. I mean, they already said actually in the website.
1: <laughs> it looks sci-fi, even from the even when you look at the um, like there's like an image on the front, mm. uh, which is crazy. It's like this big skull kind of remains, and then it's like this little guy or girl, <laughs> like with like spacesuit on. That looks mm. cool. I'm I'm all up. Oh man, that looks almost cyberpunk esque as well. Like in the art style. Um, like futuristic utopia, kind of. That looks interesting. That looks very cool. I'm interested. They do uh, and say that uh, yeah.
0: imitation is the best form of
1: flattery of
0: yeah. uh, compliment, don't they?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I'm always interested to look at like the people in the team, you know, and what they've done before, like you know what their their pedigree is. That's why I was kind of interested in Immortals of Avium because, um. A lot of the development team, that because it's a brand new studio, Ascendant Studios, and a lot of the team come from Telltale Games, which are known for good stories. Um, so that was kind of what piqued my interest on Immortals of Avium. Oh, they're hiring, aren't they?
2: Yeah, it's it's very early on,
1: mm-hmm. but
2: I mean, it's it's a question of like because I I feel I feel like they're not going to have too much trouble. I mean, they're going to have. They're going to have some experienced people working on it and they're not going to have a publisher sort of meddling. Mm. So. More
1: independent studio, yeah, for sure. Like not having EA kind of... That's the thing, when you have got a publisher, like, yes, you've got revenue coming in, right? But also you're kind of beholden to that publisher. But even a lot of independent studios will go to different publishers for funding and they'll pitch a game, right? Mm. So, but it's different being owned by someone as it is like being independent. Because you can like choose who you want to pitch to or who you want to work with, you know. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what they what comes from that studio.
2: But yeah, I mean there was there's already like so many concerns though around the next Mass Effect game as it is. Yeah. You know, it's it really does make you question, as I think we've kind of already mentioned, is like if it will really even happen at all, to be honest. It's it's such an ambitious undertaking with so much stuff to consider, like choice-wise and, Mm. you
1: know,
2: and, you know, if they are going to ignore, you know, major decisions, how are they going to go about that?
1: I'll choose a canon ending if it does follow on. Like we'll have to make that choice unless it's set so far in the future. Um, But even then, like you couldn't choose a synthesis ending because That you'd still see repercussions of that kind of thing um for me the trailer made it look like destroy because we saw a lot of derelict reapers like corpses didn't we and stuff so it for me my gut said well when i looked at, i'm like that's got to be the destroy ending it's got to be um but the, the thing is you can't please everyone and they've got to stop focusing on trying to please everyone right Mm-hmm. and just focus on the story that they want to tell you are going to have some people that will be disappointed but you just got to accept that you can't please everyone and when you try to please everyone or you know cater to everyone that's when you tend to have your like you know that sort of like very mediocre <laughs> like across the board sort of game because you're trying to please everyone
0: okay so um final thoughts craig any final thoughts on on bioware's future
2: I'm going to say something that's kind of hopeful because we've kind of been we've yep. been saying a lot of negative stuff, and I, I, which is understandable given the situation. But I think I think the future has to be has to be bright for it because you look at how far along Dragon Age is. I think Dragon Age is a sure deal in how well it's going to do mm-hmm. because I mean everyone's all up with the fantasy hype at the moment with Baldur's Gate three. Yeah. So I think that's going to do well, and I think Bioware will come back from it. I I I do believe they will. I don't know if they'll ever be the same, but I don't think BioWare
0: is going to shut down. Okay, uh, Kate, any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'm the I'm the same. Like, obviously, yes, I'm worried, but also I love this studio, right? And and the people that work there, and and I really hope like that that it does do well. Like, not only for the fans, but also for the team that's worked on it for so many years, and. I hope it will it will go well um I think it does all right on dreadwolf. I think there must be a lot of pressure there um but I think there is there is a real i mean bioware in, to a degree should should feel comfortable to some degree because but the bioware fans and community are so <clears throat> faithful and so passionate uh you know they are going to they are going to get the next dragon age right. They are definitely going to buy it. You know, many people, if they do make another Mass Effect, will get the next Mass Effect even more than normal, thanks to the Legendary Edition. So uh, there's definitely demand there. I'm not worried about sales. I just hope. I, I just hope that people I don't want people, I think now sometimes people have unrealistic expectations for games. And and like like what happened with Cyberpunk, right? Like where the the, the hype was so real, so high that like, you know. Um, so I hope people like will enjoy it and, and I hope people do well. Um, and I'm trying to be hopeful cause I really want more games from Bioware. Um, and I want more Dragon Age and I want more Mass Effect cause I absolutely love those worlds, those characters. And I'm looking forward to more stories in those worlds. So, absolutely. um, yeah. you know, they,
0: they do build some fantastic, fantastic yeah. worlds.
1: Yeah. I mean, even just talking about it, it's making me want to go back and play. Origins and two in Inquisition. <laughs> I don't have time to do that because <laughs> I've got too many other games to play and content to create. But um yeah, like they're fabulous worlds. So I'm looking forward to more.
0: Wonderful. Um and uh, for me, yeah, pretty much the same, really. Uh, I I desperately hope there's going to be another mass effect. And what I'd like them to do is take elements of Boulders Gate 3 and elements of Starfield mm-hmm. and use their own creative purposes and just mush it all together um because I think they will be able to to create something truly truly wonderful with the with their talent that they they do have uh, in the building so all that leaves me really today is uh, thank you so much for for joining us Kate where can people find you if they would like to come and follow you and see your content?
1: I am on YouTube um, at N7Kate. I am I am on Twitch, though so I tend to stream on YouTube mainly at the moment. Um, also N7Kate. And I'm on... I'm calling it Twitter because I can't bring myself to call it X, to be fair. Um, but yes, I am on X slash Twitter, uh, which is also at N7Kate. So you can find me on there. Uh, I do have a Discord, but if you pop onto my YouTube channel, you'll be able to see the link for that if you want to join. Um, there are many other like-minded fellow massive Bioware, massive Dragon Age fans um, on there. And obviously people that like lots of other games too. Like at the moment, the chat's going crazy with Starfield stuff <laughs> at the moment um, before that Baldur's Gate 3. So yeah, um, those those that's generally where you can find me.
0: Fabulous. And uh, Craig, where can people follow you?
2: Oh, you can't find me on X, but you can find me on Twitter
1: <laughs>
0: um, with the handle at Craig and his Mac. And, uh, my name's uh, Tim, also as Ploppy54 on Twitter and, and YouTube and all that jazz. Uh, so that's it, really. Thank you for listening. Uh, all links to everybody's socials and YouTubes and stuff will be in the show notes. Uh, and make sure you go and check out uh, the Normandy News Feed podcast as well uh, for some more. n 7 Kate and her thoughts on the latest games. Uh, so that's it from me. Uh, thank you for listening, and goodbye.
2: Take
1: care. <laughs> Bye, guys. Craig is here. Well, the other Craig. <laughs> 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 well, Henry Cavill said, "I'll play Shepherd," because <laughs> <Right? laughs> he's a huge Mass Effect fan. So he was like, I, I, "You write it, I will play. I will, I will step up and I will play Shepard." And I was like, yeah, "Hell it's, yes!"
2: It's, as soon as you do that, you canonise male Shepard, don't yeah, you?
1: Yeah, exactly. So everybody who plays fem Shep, yeah, yeah, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I say, you can't make everyone happy.
2: I mean, funnily enough, we actually did a podcast episode about adapting Mass Effect into a TV show.
1: Did you like choose who you like to play for different roles?
2: Kind of did. We kind of, we I I think I was the one who misunderstood the assignment, Um, (laughs) and
0: just a little bit.
2: Yeah, all right. I sort of straight adapted the trilogy, and um, (laughs) Tim (laughs) Tim kind of got really creative with it. And this is
1: like your pitch. Like this is my pitch. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I like that. That's pretty cool.
2: I put Jennifer Hale as Shepherd in it. Oh yeah
1: yeah it's a voice honestly you can't have any no one else can play commander shepherd except jennifer hale it's like i'm gonna do next week because I, I i can't do it this week because i just haven't got time but one of my um like subscribers and members on the channel has another discord group which is like a mass effect group and they're doing this big community competition at the moment which is to play through the legendary edition on insanity and they're going to keep a kill count like a death count And like whoever dies the least amount of times like wins at the end of it. They sent me a message going like, please, could you join kind of thing? And I'm like, I just don't have the time. But I might start next week and I'm going to do my dumb shepherd run, which is where I get everybody killed. And I cannot play female shepherd. I'm going to have to play male shep because I just I I would feel guilty. (laughs) It would Jennifer Hale's voice just playing like heartless and getting everybody killed. (laughs) I don't think I can do it, so I'm going to play male shepherd. I think, and uh, I'm going to romance Ashley in one, romance Miranda in two, and I think romance Tally in three, and then I'm going to get Tally killed on Rannoch when she jumps off. Oh god, I can't even can't even bring myself to say it.
2: <laughs> it, it. It will make you feel a lot better if you just create the Big Dan Gaming shepherd. It just the just the pink suit and the big goggles.
1: <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, yes. To create this, the dumbest looking. Maybe I'll just make him look really good looking. So like he's super attractive, but he's not got much. Like you know, he's not just, very smart. exactly <laughs> well, exactly looks
0: and no brains. <laughs>